Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Rafael. Hello, thanks for stopping by and for downloading our program podcast entitled, Where Are We Going?, It's dedicated to exploring that provocative question about life in our confusing times. I'm Rafael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement, and I'm glad that you took the time to listen in. This podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that's been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. There's also our Spearwatch Unchained blog that we've maintained for quite a few years where we also provide updates. The link to that is provided on our homepage as well. And while you're at it, we'd love it if you'd invite all your friends, enemies, mothers-in-law, your neighbors, and everyone all points in between to listen in as well. We're always seeking new audiences and we'd appreciate you so much if you'd help start spreading the word for us. Our podcast is devoted to providing biblical perspectives on the ongoing plunge of the world into the darkness of spiritual deception as foretold by Bible prophecy and the history of fallen humanity. In this week's episode, we want to continue to bring to your attention yet another lamentably all-too-familiar episode in that history. It's the second of a three-part podcast series we're running entitled Creepers, the Cunning of the Cult World. The popular term creepers, as we use it, refers to those who stalk people and their interactions so as to find some way to get into their lives for very ulterior and very dark reasons. And in this second podcast on the creepers of cultism, we want to further explore how such deceptive groups work their way into the life of the Christian church itself. We addressed a couple weeks back what the Bible has said about how deceptive voices impact the Christian church. Namely, that Jesus foretold in Matthew chapter 24 that these evil influences would sharply escalate just before his return and the end of the world. That time, my friends, is now. It is our mandate to make that announcement very clear, that the end of all things truly is at hand, and that the deceptive craft of those who pervert truth into lies is a sign of it. We also were reminded by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 about how stealthy this sneaking in really is. And it's a stealthy sneaking in that cultic creepers did in times past in no less aggressive a manner as they did then, so they do now. Not a day goes by in which this cannot be readily seen all around us. In today's podcast, we'll be interviewing Christina, an eyewitness of this very phenomenon right here in the Hoosier State. But don't be tempted to think for a moment this is an isolated case just limited to the backwoods of a backwards state like Indiana. It occurs every day all around us, wherever people live. It happens so routinely and regularly that we're largely blinded to it because we've been so desensitized to it, to the very plain horror it brings to those it victimizes. This drama, as common as it is, 
is indeed a very terrible one for those impacted by it. And our hearts, prayers, and soon our action to address it goes out to those who suffered into the very lives, very real and very dangerous creepers. Welcome to our podcast today, Christine. It's good to see you uh, once again. I know you are a busy mom with a sick little boy, too, and we'll be praying for him as well. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that uh, so much. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Now, we're both members of the Central Church of God in Porridge, Indiana. It's a wonderful, spiritual place uh, where hope uh, where hope is. Where hope abides, we, we're, and it's a very authentic place. I think it's where we both. We're, I think you are a very authentic person, and we met there a couple of years ago. It's been a pleasure to meet someone with a desire to know God more and more every day. It's it really is a pleasure, Christian. It's been a blessing to know you, and and, and you mean it. Uh, uh, and when you say you want to grow more and more, you mean it when you say it. Yes. Yeah, I think it's really a, a blessing to see that. So testify a bit. How did the Lord find you? Um, well, I was going through a lot of, lot of, lot of just horrible things. My marriage was falling apart. Um, just, I was broken. I was lost. I was confused. I think, think, I thank God every day, even still now, I had someone that was put into my life that never stopped asking me to come to church with her. And I, you know, I, I'd come up with all the excuses. Oh, I got the kids, blah, blah, blah. Well, finally, when I was broken enough, I said, okay. And I walked in, I fell to my knees and I gave it all to God and it completely changed my life. I mean, the joy that I found despite, you know, my life's not perfect. Nobody's is. I still have trials. I still have, you know, seasons of rough patches and you know lots of spiritual warfare but i i tell you my my worst day since i found god is better than the best day i ever had before mm. right. yeah it, that's the way it is isn't it yes but Amen. Is, I mean, the old song goes he gets sweeter and sweeter as a day goes by isn't it Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It has been easy, I know, but uh it's been a great time of change and transition and it's been a blessing to sit and, and be you know, make and for me and my wife, you know, to make friendships with you and get to know you better. You even had my granddaughter out there to you know, and at her and she loves birthday parties, so she loved going to Bryce's um oh, yeah. son. And um it's just been, and really though, Christian, it's, it's you truly been a light to a lot of people in our fellowship and, and those other side as well. I just want you to be, uh, I think you know that, but I just want you to know, uh, when, when your light shines bright, people see it and those yeah. outside as well. And, that, and that's such a blessing when you can shine the light of Christ out of who you are. Uh, and, and you can do it in such a way to help someone see him, uh, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what the the overcoming Christian life is really about. You know, it's not trying to be anything else except who you are in Jesus. That sounds yes. like such a cliche, but it's the truth, isn't it? And you found that yes. your own way. Yes, that's absolutely the truth. Yeah. And uh, it's been a wonderful thing to see. And then, and, and, unfortunately, our lives do intersect in other ways. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you grapple with spiritual deception. Uh, trying to target you just as you were getting started in your Christian life in the form of some rather overzealous young missionary who stopped by your door. And uh, can you tell us a little about what happened there? Um, 
Well, I had, you know, you know, sometimes the Jehovah Witness or whoever comes knocking at your door. Well, they were not Jehovah Witness. They posed themselves as just Christian people. But I kind of immediately knew something was off when these, it was two, at first it was two young men. They couldn't have been 18, 19, 20 years old talking about I'm elder so-and-so and I'm elder so-and-so. That kind of just struck me a little bit off. Um, I was just going through being separated with my husband and I told them I did not feel comfortable having two men come to my door. So the next time they came back, they had three men come to my door. And it was, yeah, it, it was, I mean, I finally, I think I had given you their phone number and I mean, I had told them several times, like, I have a church. I have my own faith and beliefs. Like, I, I don't, I'm not interested in any of this. And they were so pushy and so persistent that I had filed a complaint with the elders, elders, so to speak. <laughs> and they still tried pushing it. And like I said, I think I ended up finding, finding their number to give you. I don't know if anything ever came of that, but they finally stopped. Um, but yeah, very pushy, very persistent. Uh and they were so sweet, weren't they? Uh, yeah, they, yeah. I could, like I said, I, I could tell something was off about them, and it felt phony. But yes, they, you know, tried. You know, even when I told them I didn't feel comfortable, you know, oh well, God, 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 and, and okay, well, I don't think God is going to. If He knows I feel uncomfortable, He's not going to put me in a situation that makes me feel more uncomfortable. Right. Like, why right. didn't you send some females to my house? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that might have been uh, a little bit more uh, dis- uh, discreet, but uh, yeah, the, the, I guess they just felt that they, uh, the situation demanded uh, an immediate response from you, and they just kept at you until you, they finally just uh, gave up. So, wow, well, I understand your kids didn't like it, and they kind of hid when they show when they showed yes. up. So can't, can't yes, yes, it made my it made my children feel very uncomfortable, and you know. Children, especially young ones, you know, Bryce is four now. I bet he was only about two at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they at that age, they don't understand, you know, they don't see the bad in people. You know, they're, you know, kid, how kids are. They can go to McDonald's and have 10 new best friends. Um, color doesn't matter. Um, or, you know, none of that matters to kids. And when I came back in the house, Bryce was like, Mommy, they scared me. Like, he just got a really bad vibe from them. And my other kids were like, that made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the kids even sensed, and they didn't even talk to them. That's just from the little they seen that, yeah, it made them feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, right. And a note to uh, Mormon missionaries, when someone tells you not to come around, don't come around. It's probably not a good, it's probably not going to work in your, in your effort, but <laughs> they did right. anyway. Uh, right. so, so what did you learn from that situation? Uh, what, what was uh, something that the, uh, was a takeaway for you from all that? Well, I, I, you, you definitely have to have the word of God in your heart because like I said, if I wouldn't have, I might have fallen for it. I mean, they tried throwing scripture at me. They were trying to pray for me. And like I said, something just didn't sit well with me. It just, the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, something in this isn't right. It didn't line up with what I believed 
or what I do believe. And mm-hmm. so I just learned you really do have to have the word of God in your heart so that you're not misled or swayed by people like that. Right. Because had they had caught me maybe a year or two before they did come, they might have had me on board. Mm-hmm. Right. It also taught you that I just did not be afraid to ask questions too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think that sometimes we want to be so trusting to people that seems to be there for all the right reasons that we just think, oh, well, they just, they certainly, they certainly can't mean any harm to you. And, you know, and I don't think there's a single missionary of any movement like the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons that come out seeking to hurt anybody. But they really think that what they have is the truth and they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure you hear it. And in so doing, they they certainly just uh, betray a lot, and um, yes, and that's what you saw. So, so I think it certainly helped you prepare uh, to help some people in your life, didn't it? Yes, yes, and that and that's a story I'd like you to tell. And I'll just preface it by saying that you knew a young woman. Oh, I understand you. As we were talking, we shared about this quite a bit. Uh, you knew a young woman who was a daughter of a family friend who sadly found herself in a situation that was. Unfortunately, all too familiar to many listeners of our podcast, but was completely off the radar of her and her family, as it is for most people, uh, isn't it? Does that sound about right? Yes. So tell us a little more about that. What what, what was going on there? Well, um, in my um, in my journey and walk with Christ, I have, like you said, people see the light in me. Well, a very close dear friend of mine, I thank God every day that she was starting to see it. Well. Her daughter, um, I mean, that's her, her daughter and I really bonded because before my friend found Jesus, her daughter had, and we bonded on that. But then I started seeing things and, you know, my friend would tell me things that just didn't line up right. And so I, I, I'm thankful that I, like you said, I shone that light on my friend to where she was able to see like something is not going, something's not right with my daughter, with this mm-hmm. church she's tending, with the way the people are handling situations. And so, of course, because of my, my faith and then with the, the church family I have, she came to me and started asking questions and therefore I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. I know somebody who would really know more than I do. And that's when I contacted you about the situation. Right. Right. And that was quite a, uh, quite a phone call we had. I think we spoke for an hour straight as I drove about, uh, like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome right through the heart of Chicago coming back from my work uh, where it's always crazy on I-94 going through Chicago and uh, it's uh, in a, on, a, on a dark, hot summer's night. But uh, we never stopped talking. All the way straight through, we just really had some really, uh, just some very heart-to-heart discussion there. So, um, so she... So she got herself caught up in a church, you said, a, a church that apparently um, she had hoped or thought was going to be a, a, you know, a good, beneficial, positive step for her, right? Yes. So and this at was, first it was. Okay. At first it was. Okay. So what, in, what way, in what way did it first seem beneficial to her? Um, she was changing her life as far as... Um, you know, she changed the her behaviors. You know, she was trying to uh, live a better life. She was um, finishing school. She, or go, you know, getting closer to finishing school. She just, 
she, you know, seemed to just change the person she was for the better. You know, she, like I said, she, you know, changed the language that she spoke and, you know, going out and partying because, you know, she's a young girl. That's what they do at that age if they're mm-hmm. not living for, for Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed all good until. Until. Mm. Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. So it was a situation where the, uh, from what I gather, it was a situation where the form and fashion of, of a church's influence upon a young woman, um, like, 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 like her, it should have been comforting, uh, guide, guiding, it should have been enlightening, but instead, uh, it sounded to me like it became quite confusing. Confusing, shaming, controlling. Wow. Yeah. In what way? I mean, how, what was what will happen next? I mean, she started going to church. It seemed all great, but what what, what was going on? What uh, where where did all this? You just mentioned pretty heavy stuff here. I mean, what, yeah. what what happened next? What was going on? Well, she ended up battling an eating disorder, and through that, she ended up being put on like a seventy-two hour psych hold. Um, when that happened, none of her family was notified. The people. Now, at this particular church, I guess you have to have a mentor. Um, yeah. This church focuses on the youth, so you have to have a mentor. Well, these mentors are the ones that ended up getting her put on this psych hold, which was fine. If she needed it, then contact her family. Not only did they not contact her family, they told the hospital, one of the ladies told the hospital she was her mom, um, the only reason that my friend found out her daughter was in the hospital was because she called to make a missing persons report because she hadn't heard from her in days. And that's when it f- came out that she was in the hospital. And, wow. you know, like I said, they didn't only not contact her family. They misled the hospital to believe that they were her family. That was her mother, that her family just did not care. Wow. This is from the church? Was this from church leadership? Yes. Oh my gosh. And I understand it was a senior pastor that was actually involved in all this. Um, yes. Wow. So that's her, that's actually her new mentor. Okay. All right. So did this all start taking place when she moved from a different mentor? Uh, no, no, it, um, actually it's, it, it started taking place. The main part of it was when she left home. To, she was traveling back and forth to college. And then when she decided, instead of traveling to move down there, that's when they really got their grips in her and mm. started to push her family out, isolate her. Wow. <laughs> so she disconnected from her own family? Yes. Wow. What, what, what was the reason? Why, why would she choose to do that? Um, well, they had her convinced that they're like demon filled almost. Um, she actually at one point told her mom, the reason I have, I don't talk to you anymore is because you're not a godly woman. Uh, wait a minute. Did, didn't they just come to Christ? Weren't they both Christians living together in peace before she went to school? I mean, how, how did that change? Um, <laughs> well, I guess just a lot of, you know, manipulation and yeah. just, I don't, I don't know how, you know, people can be brainwashed. I mean, it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, you got to be weak minded, but I, that is not true. Right. That you do not have to be a weak minded person to be misled or misguided at all. Because this girl by no means, I, I would look at her more as weak minded now than before, before. Right. Right. 
Yeah, because she, she's been forced into a dependence upon them to tell her what yes. to think. Because she's been yes. taught that's the way, the godly way to be is to not think for yourself. Yes. In other words, in other words, the, uh, all that part about what Jesus says about about loving God with all your all your heart, your mind, your soul, and strength. That you can you can cross the uh, the mind part out. Yeah. That, that doesn't apply. <laughs> uh, so so right. wow, what, what, man. So she calls her mother that. Wow. What was her family's yes. reaction then through all that? Certainly, their concerns had to really <laughs> really be going to the roof. Well, that's kind of when I had sent her your way, because if it would have been up to her, she wanted to go down there, hog tire, throw her in her trunk and bring her home. And, and, you know, and that's when we told her, don't be what these people have made you out to be. Don't go down there, but guns are blazing. You are, you're going to end up, you know, they're going to look, see, she's everything we said. Look at, she came down here acting all crazy. And, right. and I get it as a parent. Believe me, if that was my child, I'd be the same. Like, oh no, I just wait and see what I do. Yeah. But, you know, that she's been very patient about it. And there's once in a while we get this little hope that she's starting to see the light and to see that these people are not of God the way they say they are. Yeah. Because, um, you know, just the, the, the latest was she, you know, like I said, she's got this eating disorder. Well, she, they talked her into, she had one semester of college left before she graduated with her degree. They talked her into dropping out of school to what? go to an inpatient facility of their choosing. Oh, gosh, wow. So that's when she left. She she quit school or talked into getting to quit school, and then they talked into going into, into the hospital. Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I thought that you know that they were they they were they knew it all that they they apparently from what you discussed they'd come off as saying well well we certainly uh, know the right way for you to live and so I guess at some point then when they started counseling her and finding out she had some serious issues they they decided to just basically you know wipe their hands of it and send her to the hospital but not tell anybody right right. Did did her mother uh, ever discuss this point with? Her? I mean, I mean, for what point did could? Did, I mean, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm mesmerized. How did the hospital handle the fact that there's somebody interposing as her um, as her mother and, and completely usurped the parental authority? I mean, it's basically a false report. Yeah, I'm not sure how the hospital handled it, like I said. And then I know when my friend went down there, when she finally found out she was in the hospital, went down there and brought the light to all this, like, I'm her mother. It's not that I don't care. I wasn't notified, you know. And as a hospital, how could you not notify her mother? That's yes. when she found out, well, we thought this lady was her mother. Or mm-hmm. we were, you know, we didn't know any different. She kept telling her daughter, I want to meet these people. You know, I, I just, I want to meet them. They're the ones with you all the time. They're the ones that say they care so much. And I just want to meet them. They, you know, one day she sat up at that hospital for like four hours waiting for these people to come and they never did. Then they would call while she was there and she could tell it was, you know, she'd be real vague about, you know, like my friend's sitting there and these church, her church people call and she's, yeah, no, yeah. Okay. And yeah. like, you know, real vague, like they didn't want, you know, like asking, like, is she there? But they at all costs avoided meeting her mom. And like, I've told my friend, 
my my church and like we want to meet your family we want you to bring your family to church we want you to invite everybody you know mm-hmm. so right. for them to you know go to those links to avoid her family and and anyone that is a positive or someone in her life that means anything to her that said a lot to me too like yeah, what does that tell you i mean my church embrace you know like She's been to church with me a couple times, and she'll tell me out of the blue sometimes, like, oh, I got an email from your pastor, like, how thoughtful. I can't believe they even remember my name. But they, you know, went to all these lengths to not meet her family or any, you know, anything like that. Yeah. That's a big red flag when there's secrecy and deception. I mean, it's just blatant, up, out, and out, right. And, and And why would they even want to do that? If, but right. for one reason, they only want to do one thing, and that's completely break her down and indoctrinate her and turn and turn her into a robot through the usage of yes. mind control. Yes. And this is a, a licensed denominational pastor and their ministry yes. and her ministry staff. Is it just them, mm-hmm. or is it just the whole staff of them involved with this? Well, I mean, you know, she doesn't know everybody involved, just the people that have been involved with her daughter, but. I mean, I would assume, I don't, I don't see, because like I said, she's changed mentors and now her mentor is the lead pastor. So I don't see that it would be just with her and these couple people she's known. I don't see how it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's, it's, like I said, it, this nuts can be going on, except there's somebody at some very high level was, was, was initiating it. Right. And it certainly sounds to me like a, like, like this pastor, uh, had to, has to share some level of responsibility for it. So it, it, it. This isn't something that somebody in the corner off of the church did unawares as if she was completely, she, she no. had to be completely behind all this. And especially yes. when you ask to meet this pastor and they don't want to meet with you, that's another red flag. I mean, yes. I can't even imagine, uh, our pastor, you know, pastor, uh, yes. I, I, I can't even Pastor Robert doing anything like that. He, no, he's just, a, he's just, a, a, he's just the, the example of godly patience yes. and discretion and respect. But when somebody walks roughshod over family ties and, 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 and lowers themselves down to deceive like that, it's a warning. It's something that yes. you can't ignore. It's something you don't just brush under the rug. And I'm certainly not going to be doing that. So, I mean, at some point, uh, we've identified who these people are and what this denominational church is, and I intend to eventually uh, speak with them uh, in, in the near future. So, uh, and that's the reason why you know we we discuss this. So, uh, but but in any case, what what you've experienced and what you've beheld truly uh, is ghastly. You don't expect that, you know, from the from the nice, you know, first church down the street. You know, you don't you don't right. expect that. You you expect these people to, to you know to be you know pillars of the community and being one yes. of and that was anything but. And I am I am so sorry to, to have heard that. So uh, so what's been going on in her life ever since? What's I mean, I, I saw where, like you said, her her mother did did certainly. Res- you know, rise occasion. She wore the white hat <laughs> and, yes. and kept them going off and, 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 you know, basically did a great mastery of what was certainly an awful amount of, 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 of turmoil with her. She, she basically kept cool yes. and got down the bottom, got factual 
and and she's as from this day forward, from what I understand, she's still maintaining that connection with her with, with her mother, yes. right? Yes, and as if you knew my friend, you would know that was not easy for her to do. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it took everything in her to keep her cool and and keep her Christian composure about her, so to speak. I right. mean, I right. have seen so much changes in my friend since she has seen all the changes in me. You know, like like they always like our pastor, our church says people will see the light in you and they'll, you know, whatever is different about you, I want it. Well, my friend has seen that in me and I see her grasping that now. I see her, um, you know, sending me scriptures or she'll send me a prayer or, you know, just, just little thing, you know, her language. If she does say a cuss word, she'll briefly apologize to me and God. Now, if you, like I said beforehand, she was like a, sailor talking a foul mouth just horrible and, and no offense because i know you and my dad were both former sailors <laughs> that's just the little you know the little saying or whatever but yeah, yeah. and we are salty just, i understand and just a lot of what i've seen too what really made me realize it is just the like you know, they say love like Jesus. And, you know, our pastor has said it before, you know, somebody walks in and they look like they just walked off the corner or they just crawled out of bed or they look drug addicted, beat up, broken. You love them. You love them until they love themselves. And that's not at all what I've seen in this. I've seen nothing but shaming and blaming and guilting. And I mean, like I said, this girl went from a strong minded good self-esteem young lady to it's sad yeah like i said you know one just one prime example she is over 21 and she went to um like a some type of a party and she these mentors she had asked her did you drink she said i had one drink and then i took an uber home they didn't speak to her for like two weeks because she had a drink but she didn't get drunk. She didn't drive home. And she was honest. Mm-hmm. But they made her feel like she had just went out and killed somebody. Yeah. That, that certainly sounds like uh, the kind of churches that we've been warning people about. Churches that make performance and what you do uh, the, the basis on whether they're going to talk to you or not. Not grace. Yes. Not the love of yes. God. But the, right. the performance. You're meant to mm-hmm. jump through flaming hoops and then be able to juggle balls once you hit the ground. And then after you, after you, uh, finish juggling that, you need to go do something. I mean, it's just an ongoing, just this carnival of, of, of spiritual parlor tricks you're meant to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Read this. Read that. Don't speak to this person. I mean, it's just, it's just do, 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 do. Do what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do. That's or don't do. Or don't do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As, to, as to oppose to just Growing in Christ. Isn't yes. that the difference? I mean, that's really where, where it comes down to. If you're going to be a believer in Christ, we're supposed to become more and more conformed to his image, as the scripture yes. says. But it, but that's not what you see here. You see, no. you're telling me that they shamed her. There's there a lot of, from what I said, there was, there was a certain amount of body shaming because of her problems and, and because yes. she didn't, she didn't measure up to the, to this standard or that. Well, just, what was it about? Two weeks ago, like I said, she started feeling, you know, better about herself. 
Um, oh, and then that, the second hospital, when they talked her into quitting college to go to this hospital, after about three days of being there, now she, she sent me a picture. They called it uh, garbage plate. Now, mind you, these young girls are in there for eating disorders, and they're giving them a garbage plate. That's what they call it. And the food literally looked like dog food, and it was a portioned size bigger than a grown man would eat. And if you don't eat everything on the plate, they shame you for that. They tell your insurance, so your insurance can make you stay longer or cut you off. So she ended up leaving there, so that's why her mentor changed. They said they would not mentor her anymore because she left that clinic. So, wow. so she, she came home experience, and, and then yes. because she left a bad clinical experience, they shamed her even further. Yes. Wow. So then she came home yeah. and she was doing pretty good. I had took her some books. I went over there and I prayed with her and she was feeling real good about herself. So she did her hair. She did her makeup. She got all cute looking and she posted a picture on Facebook. The public comments that these people made was disgusting. Yeah. So her mom said, you know what, why don't you keep your hair and makeup the same way, put on one of your Christian shirts, and let's see what kind of comment they have to make with that. <laughs> so she did. And it was pretty much, how dare you? Like, she was making Jesus look bad because she had, she was looking cute. I mean, she didn't, she wasn't wearing anything revealing. She wasn't, I mean, she looked really cute. She kept the same cuteness but changed her shirt. And now sure. it was, you know, shame on you. Like so she now, almost she like she's embarrassing on, huh? God. She, she yeah. did her hair, did she her makeup cute. a little bit, mm-hmm. a little rouge, whatever. You know, whatever girls do, you know. And, and then right. she changed to a Christian t-shirt and it didn't please them. No, that actually it made it worse because now mm-hmm. it was how dare you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's just a perfect example of the performance-based religion that yes. these abusive places lead people into, uh, and, and people are conditioned to believe that's the way God expects you to be. And they use every trick in the book to make them feel that way. Wow. Oh, I left out the best part of the story. I can't okay. believe it. Go for it. She had a boyfriend that she was dating who had talked her into premarital sex. He was the leader of the worship youth worship team, and he was married. And then, because she did engage in premarital sex with this man, they shamed her even more. But it was their youth worship team leader, who was a married man. I guess supposedly he was separated. He was still married. And so that made it, you know, now she's now she's just dirty and nasty. But she has since been rebaptized because she felt so much shame and guilt about all that. She has tried to rededicate her life to Christ and then got baptized again. And I said, please tell me it wasn't at that church. Yes, it was. So, did he and we keep talk his about job? that all the time. I'm sorry. Did this guy keep I, his job? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's still there. Yeah, he, oh, he's oh, had wow. videos on Facebook. Like, in... um. You'll you'll see him in one video singing a worship song, and then in the next video is, um, like that song that's on the Instacart commercials. I'm about to bag it up or back it up or whatever it is. Well, the actual song is pretty inappropriate. They'd probably play in a club on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. The next video is him singing that, and yeah, it's 
Like, dude, I guess at one point in time, he even said he was bisexual. And I said, how is he a godly man and leading the worship team if he's saying he's bisexual? That was just to reach the youth. It was a lie. But that's okay, okay because that's how he could reach the youth. Okay. By, by, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, relating with them. So you're lying and that's okay. And lying about something that goes against everything God believes. Not, not, not to mention a few small things like infidelity, like, you right. know, COVIDness, like basically, premarital, uh, sex, premarital or, sex. I mean, or he wasn't having premarital sex. He was having just affair. I guess, I mean, I would consider an affair if you're married. Well, sure. I mean, anything's inappropriate. I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, wow. And and this church is still just going on, humming along like it's like it's this new cutting edge fellowship out there. Yes, to reach the youth. And they focus on the yeah. youth. It's all about the youth. It just makes you wonder where they're reaching the youth with. Yes. <laughs> it really yes. is. It's scary. You know, you know, you, you're, it's sad, uh, but it's not sadly, unfortunately, uh, Christine, it's just not, <laughs> it's just not surprising oh, yeah, anymore. I know. It's, it's, we're, we're seeing here, uh, another situation that was so similar to our friend Kathy, who we interviewed a couple weeks back for the podcast. And, um, Kathy saw her church growing and renewing. This is years and years back. Uh, her church was this, was this dynamic Baptist church somewhere in Wisconsin. And it was growing. It was renewing. It was on fire. It was revival, basically. They're getting a lot of people coming in. And she didn't suspect that the friendly and engaging minister couple that joined them to help provide pastoral oversight when he got hired to the, by the congregation, she didn't begin, she did not begin to, uh, suspect that they were truly wolves in sheep's clothing who split the church to create their own cult. It's sad because the instance you're referring to is that your your friend's daughter joined what seems to be this typical old line denominational church that has this respectable place in community, which is led by this licensed pastor holding credentials who has their own staff of, of all these dynamic, charismatic young people. Uh, but they all seem to be living a double life. And yes. uh, it seems to be quite typical uh, that they, they, they come off as being these uh, typical, conservative, upright people to all our viewers. But, but they exercise a very damaging and divisive and abusive control over the flock that, that shows just to what level of, of immorality they'll descend. Oh, my gosh. I am... Ugh. Makes you want to go take a shower. It really does. It I does. know. It, <laughs> it does. really does. And, and, but unfortunately, we have to realize, uh, you know, part of this, of what you're sharing is, is what the Bible says is going to be happening. It's going to be a report of the way things are in the last days. How is she doing now? Is she still going there? Is her family still holding on? What's going on? Um, yeah, she's still going there. Um, her family's still holding on. Um, my friend, all she, you know, I, I pray for her daily. My friend, you know, she said, all I can do is pray for her. I mean, it, you know, no. I, it, the, the more pushy or, uh, you know, the more, you know, it seems like anytime she tries to point out, like, don't you see where this is a red flag? It just makes her angry. And it seems like every time she does make a comment, she probably runs back and tells them, I'm sure. Yeah. But it yeah. seems like then it'll be a longer period of time that she, it'll be before she sees her or talks to her. Yeah. I mean, it got to where 
um, she wasn't even, you know, she has a, a four-year-old little brother and she was, she didn't come home for Christmas. She didn't come home for Thanksgiving. Um, the last time she was up here, she, uh, my friend asked her if she could watch her little brother just for, so she could run up to the store real quick or something and, you know, so maybe take her 30 minutes. She said she didn't feel good and didn't want to get up. But then when, so she took her, took him with. Then when she got back from the store, she was all up and ready to go because someone from the church had called and she had to go. Mm. Goodness gracious. That's so sad. And that's really what the tragedy is and all this is. And it was something we've explored consistently over and over through our podcast is that when this kind of false spirituality infects a church, infects people and starts to work its way into the lives of, 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 of those all around us. We're never just, it's, it's not an issue where we, where we, when we're told just keep out of it, it's none of your business. No, no, it is our business because it affects our communities. It, it does. Affects people. That, that, that's the sad part of it is, is it does affect our community and it does affect the body of Christ because how many people that if they were led the right way would end up being a part of the body of Christ or end up being a, a born again Christian and live a good, godly, righteous life. But because they get steered wrong when they finally figure it out, it completely turns them off to God completely. Yeah. Like, well, I done tried that once and look where it got me. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that, that does affect us in our community. Absolutely. It affects the whole body of Christ. Right. And that affects the world in turn. Oh, you know, absolutely. Everything else. I mean, why, why, why does anybody in, the, in that might ever want to think that an answer to life might, might lay in uh, a, a relationship with Christ? Why would they even want to consider that when they see what the Christians do all around them? Right. It's, it's just, yes. ugh, it's just, and, and, you know, it's tempting for people to just throw their hands up and say, we're washing hands of it. We're just going to pretend we don't hear about it. We're going to sweep under the rug. Not, not this kid. We can't right. do that. The Bible does not give us that kind of, 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 of freedom. It's not freedom. It's, it's irresponsible to know that yes. if you know there's an arsonist running around torching houses in your neighborhood, that you don't let somebody know what's going on. You have to say yes. something. You have to sound an alarm. So, I could have just kept it to myself, and I could have just said, well, we'll just pray about it. Maybe I could talk to her. But I'm like, I, I can't just, I got to, you know, I know somebody that could help more. And I just, I had to, yeah. I felt like it was my obligation as a Christian to bring the light to somebody yeah. that could, you know, has more experience in that area. I could not just keep that to myself. Yeah. And we, and we certainly still are um, going to be doing more about, it. we can't say anymore, but like I said, I think there's so many, there's a lot to be done here. If there's a definite denominational structure and denominational officials, uh, there's a hierarchy, there's a chain. There's, there's some people who are in a chain of accountability that need to have their links rattled. So yes. I, that's what we need to, to be doing. And, uh, we need to be doing that, uh, uh as soon as we possibly can. Uh, and, uh, I appreciate our opportunity to visit here and summarize. So, um, to be for, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. We're going to be able to, I think, be able to do a, a quite a bit more, uh, from here on out, but, uh, we'll discuss that <laughs> at a future time. But, you know, in, in closing, you know, we, we have always have to remember, you know, 
what's that Satan, not to mention good old-fashioned human nature. They're pretty cunning, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah. They can come off as squeaky clean messengers. And maybe you can, you can read, uh, there's a verse in the Bible that I think really uh, kind of nails it for it. And Paul was warning us about this. And then maybe you can read yeah. what he said there in Second Corinthians 11.15. 2 Corinthians 11.15 says, Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Yep. And that's what the, what the New International Version translation of the last part says. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Yes. There is, there is justice in this world. You know, I, one of the tragic things is that so many people that we've, we've talked to and shared with over the years have seen so much injustice and suffered so much harm and in, in, in indignation and violation and, and, and so much loss and that they've felt there's no way to ever make anybody accountable for it. But there is. There are many ways to that. God's own judgment is certainly not slumbering. It's not sitting still. And uh, we're and this part of the story, uh, this story is far from over. You're coming on here today is another cautionary tale that we need to be aware of. And I want to thank you for taking time to do so, Christina. Uh, this has certainly been an enlightening moment. It's something that we certainly need to take heed to, as Jesus said, so that, that no man deceives us. Yes, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going. Our prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and, if necessary, challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you. People are vulnerable at every level. And no matter how smart you are, or no matter how emotionally sound you think you are, these groups know how to target your weaknesses and go in below the tree line and find that point and push it and push it until they break you.